0: Today on The Andrew Cooper Writer Show, pro-Palestine protesters gather in Lexington, Kentucky, chanting anti-Semitic slogans. Bashir endorses Biden for president. Will this affect the governor's race at all? And then I'll go over what I did to upset not the left or the right, but actually the country of England last week on social media. But as always, that last portion, that last subject me upsetting the entire country of England, that will only be available to our podcast listeners. So that means if you want to hear that last story, head on over to Spotify, Apple, uh, you know, iHeart, Pandora, Amazon, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts and go ahead and listen to the Andrew Cooperator Show there and you can catch that last story. But otherwise, without further ado, let's Uh, dig down into it. So uh, we had a protest in Lexington recently to deal uh, uh, regarding the Israel-Palestine war fight conflict, whatever Hamas-Israel fight. And and as you all know, I do not uh, typically cover national issues on this podcast. I like to talk about the local side of things. And I'm not going to dig down into a whole lot about the Israeli conflict with Hamas. I, You know, we all have our own, I guess, opinions on it um, and so on and so forth. Generally speaking, um, you know, I just, I'm personally of the opinion that America needs to, to mind its own business in a lot of places and stop sending our tax dollars everywhere. Um, because, you know, if we mind our own business, maybe Israel would have been able to deal with Hamas a long time ago instead of our constantly shifting Political policies in this country, asking them to continue to allow a country to just fire thousands of rockets at them, and allow that to happen. But I, I'm just, I'm just going to put that to the side. We're not going to talk about that, okay? Because I know there's a whole lot of neocons out there too, licking their chops, trying to turn this into a war against Iran, um, which is, you know, just awful and typical from neocons. But, anyways, I want to talk about the local aspect of things, and regardless of where you fall. Even if you're somebody who thinks, uh, you know, Israel somehow has been doing something wrong or something else, I want you to listen to what they had to say at this protest in Lexington, Kentucky. uh, And we'll kind of break it down here and cover exactly why, especially what they said at the end, was so anti-Semitic or anti, I guess, the Israel country itself existing. Uh, We'll see what they have to say here become the channel of resistance for the oppressed Palestinians who couldn't use their voices to resist the systemic racism and Israeli occupation. We're pictured as barbaric terrorists. That's not who we are and we know that. We want to help our brothers and sisters. That's it. Give them a voice for the voiceless. All right, so you heard a few different points. One, they started off, and and several of their points were just, hey, we're not here to support a war against Israel or anything else. We just want Palestine to be free of, I guess, Israel occupation. Um, I guess Israel, I don't know, being mean to the Gaza Strip. I guess that's what they consider to be Palestine. Because you see, the problem is, last I checked, um, there is not a country called Palestine, though they have dictated the areas they want to be free. And you heard that in their chant. So they say, look, we're not here. We're not pushing war. We're not uh, saying anything else. We just are worried about Palestinians being subjected to hate from those darn dirty Jews. That's what they're saying. OK, but they're, they're saying so they start off by saying, look, we're just here. They're being oppressed. We're just speaking for the voiceless. You heard them say that. They're they're racially oppressed. Systematic racism. You heard them say is oppressing the Palestinian people in the Middle East. Um, But then they finish off with a chant that is from the river to the sea. Palestine shall be free. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And what they're talking about is they're talking about from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. Apparently, these people have decided that that area needs to make up all of some country called Palestine, I guess. I don't know if they don't think it can be multiple countries, um, but when the, the, the thing is, when they're talking about that area, is they're talking about an area that has Israel in it. That is why that chant is, quote-unquote, I guess, anti-Semitic or anti-Israel. And you can say... That while being anti-Israel or saying Israel shouldn't exist is an anti-Semitic. To which I say, what are you talking about? What, how is that not? Because simply put, um, we have countries that exist. I, last I checked, um, you know, you're allowed to, you know, practice whatever religion you want to in Israel. Uh, last I checked, uh, people practice the Muslim faith in Israel. Um, and so simply saying, like, look, we believe we want to replace the Israeli government with, with a Palestinian government, with a Muslim government, an Islamic government. Um, well, that does mean the complete and utter destruction of Jews and the Israeli state because, surprise, surprise, Muslim and Islam's Islam and Muslims typically in that area, especially. Uh, don't like Christians or Jews. Um, We'll kill both of them. And it is funny to see people that are clearly leftists. I mean, this first woman talking in this protest in Lexington, clearly a leftist using leftist talking points like systematic racism and oppression, Uh, a leftist talking point. And it's funny to hear that and to see so many lefties in the country uh, navigating and drifting towards this group, this Palestinian group who would literally... Uh, They talk about, oh, those rude conservatives just want women barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Uh, uh, You know, a lot of these so-called Palestinian countries, Islamic countries, Muslim-run countries don't even allow women to drive or go out in public without a man or a woman has to be covered from head to toe where, you know, if you're gay or trans or any of these other things, you get your head chopped off and yet they float over to supporting these people they call it colonialism they say israel's existence is just colonialism and and the bottom line is is that the entire conflict is biblical in proportions i don't mean that in a um you know some sort of of allegory it's literally biblical like the the fight in the middle east goes back thousands of years this kind of goes into I was talking about earlier where, I mean, the hubris America has to inject itself into wars that have been going on between people for thousands of years, wars that are based upon the fact that somebody else shouldn't exist. But yet we have individuals, like I said, right here in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, they, you know, according to news reports, over 100 people they think attended this event in Lexington protesting the existence of Israel. And they'll claim that it's somehow not against Israel, but how do you chant, "From the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free," an area that includes Israel, unless you're talking about the fact that you want to see Israel itself removed. That's the only thing that makes sense with that chant. With that chant, you could say, "Look, I think you know the atrocities being committed on the Palestinian people is awful by Israel." But that's different than chanting a chant that requires Israel to be gone. And also, you got to think of the timing. What a weird time to be so concerned about the Palestinian people when you literally just had an attack on Israel that resulted in women being, of course, raped and kidnapped and slaughtered of, of the young, the infirm, the women, children, everything. Um, you know, and, and it certainly looks like justifying of those actions when you gather in this way. Why weren't you protesting a month ago if this was such an atrocity? If if what Palestine, quote-unquote, or Hamas did was just in response to darn dirty evil evil Israel, well, why weren't you protesting a month ago about this? But suddenly you're protesting now. So you certainly are pursuing and pushing for uh, apologies to uh, a group of people that is right now Raping and pillaging and, and hostages, including Americans, um, and, uh, or is killed, at least, uh, it appears has killed some Americans. And you're saying, eh, you know what? They deserve an entire area that stretches from the River Jordan to the Mediterranean Sea, and they should wipe out any government that currently exists there that will not uh, support them in their quest and in their religious law, because that's the other thing is that when you see the Palestinian or, or or you know the the Islamic type governments come in, they have particular laws, and one of those laws is they're not particularly religiously tolerant. Um, as we've gone over in prior podcasts and it's been mentioned, is that the Muslim religion, as it sits without it being reformed or somehow reinterpreted, does seem to push forward a rather violent view of. Murdering and getting rid of the infidels or the people who have heard about the Muslim religion but do not convert. You can lie, you can cheat, you can steal, you can kill them. Uh, That's the general belief taught. And so, like I said, it's not believed necessarily held by everyone. There can be a reformist view that's being taught, but that's the general belief of a lot of these Middle Eastern countries that ran in this way. And to see that spilling over into Lexington Where we have protests uh, like these is pretty horrific. So, with that in mind, I'm going to play for you again just some of the outtakes from the protest. um, And then, uh, yeah. Become the channel of resistance for the oppressed Palestinians who couldn't use their voices to resist the systemic racism and Israeli occupation. We are pictured as barbaric terrorists. Not who we are, and we know that. We want to help our brothers and sisters? That's it. Give them a voice for the voiceless. From the river will be free. You know, it's also having seen that again, and as they talk about it, it's also interesting to see, uh, uh, especially women leading the charge on this here in Lexington. When um, those same women leading the charge would surely not be able to take quite the same amount of leadership position in a Palestinian situation well coming up after this uh Bashir has come out and endorsed joe biden for president what does that mean for the kentucky governor's election we'll have more after this short break ready for a spring break to remember amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew with share fares you and your friends can save up to 60 percent. the more who travel the more you save skip the hassle of driving through the northeast while exploring dc philly new york and boston no middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers, eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. In an interview recently, uh, Bashir said a whole lot of things he was, he was pretty direct about. You know, one of the things he's asked about, of course, would be, you know, is he going to go to D.C.? There's been some speculation, especially after a win, that Bashir could find himself as a potential vice president nomination, a cabinet position, or even run for the Senate himself when a seat uh, potentially comes up for election while he's governor um, in order so that way he doesn't end up not in office when he's running for something, gives him that incumbency type feel. And in this interview, he committed uh, he would finish out his full four years uh, before he would do anything else, no matter if D.C. came and calling or not. And then in the same interview, he was asked about Joe Biden and whether or not he supported him for president. And Bashir responded, saying he supports the president for a second term. Um, so he came out and fully endorsed it. And jumping on this right away, the Republican Party of Kentucky uh, tweeted this out. Uh, This comes from the Republican Party of Kentucky. Breaking news. In an interview, Andy Bashir at Andy Bashir KY, but it's Andy Bashir, of course, endorsed Joe Biden for a second term. Andy is out of touch on inflation, crime, and the border. Biden is bankrolling Bashir's campaign. That's why Andy will always put Biden ahead of Kentucky. And what they're doing here seems electorally smart initially. Uh, obviously Biden is a very unpopular president, uh, unpopular in states like Kentucky. I believe in Kentucky, he only has a 32% approval rating. I believe something like that. 32%, um, maybe less than that approval rating. And so Biden is an extremely unpopular governor and they are correct. Um, Biden has given a fair amount of money to the Bashir campaign. He has, Uh, helped bankroll that campaign obviously through national ties too as well but democrats at large have put a lot into this race why because if they can hold on and continue to win uh, in races like kentucky it gives them a whole lot of hope if the democrats can live in, in a state Where they're plus D, they're plus R, you know, Republicans won. Trump won the presidential election like with 65% and was one of the first states called for Trump. But if a Democrat governor can hold on to their seat, that gives a whole lot of. Hope to Democrats and emboldens their far left radical ideas because it says, Look, we can be radical on transgender issues, we can be radical on LGBTQ issues, we can be radical on indoctrinating the kids, we can be as crazy as we want to be on the social issues, uh, we can just be awful at all kinds of things, but. With the right person, with the right message, we can still win elections. Now, something Bashir has going for him that obviously Biden doesn't is that Biden looks like a complete nitwit when it comes to the economy, and Bashir looks pretty good. And a big part of the reason why Bashir looks pretty good within the state economy stuff is because Bashir and his Democrat tendencies is not what's leading our economy in Kentucky. The Republicans have a 80 uh, seat. 80 seats out of 100 in the House, and 31 out of 38. So, you know, the majority of the seats, of course, the super majority of seats in the House and Senate, and that doesn't look to be changing anytime soon. So, of course, their financial policies they're putting forward um, are a little bit better than what the Democrats' financial policies with Ted typically be. Now, I would still love to see Republican policies that involve things like, I don't know, spending less money, um, not spending more than you even said yourself you're going to. Uh, you know, I'd like to see things like that happen. But even so, even without and regardless, um, those policies have still been pretty good for Kentucky. I think it could be a lot better if we adopted policies of unleashing our economy instead of trying to control it. But It has been better at managing the economy than Bashir would be and better at managing the budget, too, as well than Bashir on his own would be. Because, of course, as we know, Bashir wanted to spend all of our money. Bashir wanted to expend, sorry, all of our uh, rainy day fund in his last budget. And it was the Republican legislature that put a stop to it. So how does this play in the governor's election? Well, let me give you a little bit of numbers so you can understand why I'm going to say this really doesn't matter. And people don't really care. Kentuckians don't really care about the national issues when it comes to their governor. So here's some fast facts. Okay. Since 1900, there have been seven Republican governors out of the 28 different governors we've had. We have never had Republicans serve back-to-back four-year terms either. Now, I believe up until, uh, was it mid-90s-ish? Maybe it was 99. I think it was mid-90s-ish. Um, we've never had, uh, governor terms were limited to four-year terms. Uh, it was changed, of course, to two four-year terms uh, in the 90s, So, but we never had even a Republican win back-to-back after a Democrat. It would go Republican for four years and then Democrat. And then it would sometimes be Democrat for four, six, eight years, 16 years, sorry, uh, you know, three or four terms. And then it would go back to Republican over the course of that um, since the 1900s. But I say, well, recent history may be a little different. Well, since 2000, Kentucky has voted red in presidential races by wide, wide margins. But our state house remained under Democrat control until the 2016 elections. So every presidential election since 2000, we have voted red in, but it wasn't until 2016 that the Democrats lost control of our state house. And since 2000, all those times we voted red, only two out of the five governors that we've had serve from 2000 till now have been Republican Or eight years out of 23. So while we have voted solidly red at the national level, we have not voted solidly red with our state elections. And there's a reason why, because in many voters' minds, they have divorced the national level Democrats from the good old boy, blue dog Democrats that Kentucky has had. And their minds they have. I'm not saying those Democrats have divorced themselves or not. I think many of them have shied away from it. But I'll give you a perfect example. One of the reasons why Kentucky really started to vote red deals with the Democrats' war on coal. As the Democrats came after coal, that really is what started pushing a lot of Uh, states that priorly had been uh, good states for them, like Kentucky, to start to turn red because though they didn't represent necessarily the values of Kentuckians, Democrats didn't. When it came to a few things, one of the things they did support was coal, especially to the coal miners. And so that led to a lot of support for the Democrats. But when they started going after coal at the national level, well, that started to make that push away. But people still voted for Democrats at the state and local and uh, uh, levels because they knew those people a little bit better. And those people weren't going after coal and all these other things. And a lot of times, too, as well, they were pro-life Democrats. They were Democrats who were pro-life and also pro-gun, uh, something that the Democrat Party really doesn't have left. So even if Bashir does win um, trying to explain to the rest of Democrats the only reason why a Democrat can win still in states like Kentucky is because we have got to go back to being a pro-life, pro-gun, blue-dog Democrat in the South, uh, the type that can win over Southern Republicans. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to convince the rest of his party that that's the behavior they need to do. But with the endorsement of Biden, it leaves the question, is Bashir really that same type of blue-dog Democrat? And while his words and his general demeanor say his is, his actions speak differently. He has vetoed bills like the Born Alive Infant Act. What that was, Born Alive Infant Bill. What that was, it was a bill that if a during a Boston abortion, a baby was born, and it is alive during a Boston abortion, you had to give it medical care, and you had to treat it as if it was a baby born alive. Um, he vetoed that, saying that if a baby... During a botched abortion comes out alive That doctors don't have to give it medical care I mean that's a belief he stated he had Um, Though in his interview here with the Herald-Leader He says he supports abortion up until uh, viability of the fetus Generally 24 weeks Which is an interesting statement uh, Because of course the viability of the fetus uh, Comes back farther and farther and farther As medical advancements are made And talking about viability of the fetus, why would you veto a Born Alive Infant Act if you believe that after viability of the fetus, it shouldn't happen? Of course, viability of fetus is the best way that he can split the baby. He doesn't have to say abortion up until birth, because if he did, uh, even a lot of Democrats would turn away from that, because nobody wants to see a one-minute-from-being-born baby be murdered. But if he says viability, well, that's something that the pro-life Democrats can still swallow while being able to vote for him and the moderate Republicans can still swallow if those moderate Republicans still exist. And that's the other thing is a lot of registered Republicans in Kentucky used to be Democrats and they used to vote Democrat. And so that really, uh, it's not hard to get them to vote for Democrat again. So while I understand RPK, Republican Party of Kentucky, and other Republicans will try to make hay out of Bashir endorsing Biden, I really don't think it makes a giant difference here. I really don't think it does in the grand scheme of things. I think that messaging on state-level issues and pointing out Bashir's failures there is where you're going to find success at. I do not know why they have not messaged on the fact that Bashir's inability to manage juvenile detention centers has led to rapes and has led to disasters. I don't know why they haven't messaged on children sleeping on the floors of the Academy for Health and Family Services, pointing to the incompetence of Bashir. I don't know why they haven't messaged to the millions of our tax dollars he spends on crazy far left things that lets people know he's far left and he's stealing our money to fund those. Uh, uh, Predations he has I don't know why they haven't Talked about it but they should Because those are state level issues That voters will Actually care about well that's why I have time For for the video watchers but For those of you listening on the podcast Format stay with us because after this Short break I'll go over what I did to upset uh, Not the left or right last Week but I upset the country Of England The UK Got blimey mad at me We'll have more after this short break So last week I tweeted uh, this out here. So I tweeted out um, a a graphic. So ever so often the NFL goes over to the UK and England and has an NFL game there. I believe they do that once a year. They do like a special European over in England game. And, of course, they're doing this to try to draw up interest in the NFL um, and to draw up, of course, money and everything else. And so they go over and they do a game. And I tweeted out a picture of them unveiling the uh, United States flag at this game while singing the national anthem. And uh, it's got a caption on it that says, Gotta love the uh, audacity we have to go to London and sing the anthem that's literally, literally about beating them in a war before our game with a name we stole from a different sport they invented. So we go over to England. To sing an anthem that is inspired by us fighting a war with them uh before we play our version of football which has the same name of course of soccer as they they call it football or soccer whatever what, you know what stupid game that is anyway so uh before they play that um we so our version of football we come over there unveil our flag sing our national anthem and, you know, it is pretty aud- uh, audacious. And so I tweet, I posted that on Facebook and um, I-, I put Suck It Redcoats in uh, as well. I put Suck It red coats on there as well. And I thought that was just pretty funny, right? I thought, uh, you know, my followers and everything else would find it pretty hilarious. But little did I know that there were so many people from England that would follow my page or at least. Um, a fair number of them and and they were pretty upset and they had a lot of comments for me uh, you know me being an, a mean American of course and um, here's here's some of those So you got Sam Robertson here who commented and you speak our language if it wasn't for us British you wouldn't even have the White House you can thank us later Now let's make this very clear first off um, the White House, comment deals with the fact during the war of 1812 uh they burned down um the white house and we rebuilt it and everything else um but you know took over dc but but i want to deal with this first comment here and you speak our language i don't i speak american english okay and when you pick your language when you're setting up your settings or something and you pick your language it has a differentiator between English U.S. and English U.K. It does. Why? Because they speak a weird language where they spell tire with a Y instead of an I. They call the hood of a car a bonnet. Um, they make cruddy food and they have weird names or not weird names they give them, but they have cruddy food. Uh, they don't know what seasoning is. Um, you know, they... they, they call their beers pints. And while I drink pints of beer at time, I don't call them pints. I say, give me a beer, a 16 ounce beer. Um, Of course, I'll say, hey, I'll take the 16 ounce or the tall or what have you. Um, You know, we don't say pints here, okay? We don't use that word. Um, We don't use a blimey and, and mate to talk to our friends. I don't speak the same. That's like saying that, Uh, A Latino person, a Mexican person, speaks the same Spanish as a Spaniard from Spain. While they both speak Spanish, technically, they don't speak the same Spanish. They have different names, different pronunciations, and different slangs, okay? So no, while we may understand each other, my English, England listeners, my UK, my European listeners, while you may understand me, I don't speak your language. Let's make that very clear. I speak U.S. English the way it's supposed to be done. Let's make that clear. Here's the next comment. Uh, It's from uh, Alex McHugh says, mate, it's Tottenham. You think anyone cares what you do there? Alex McHugh, I have no idea what you just said. I have no idea what you just said. Is is Tottenham? I don't even know if I'm saying Is that a city or is that a region? Is that like a like a state? Is that something else? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Here's the funny thing: I could probably ask people over in England to name some U.S. states, some U.S. cities, and they could probably name several. I bet you the average person over in uk or london or england or I, I, whatever whatever it's called i bet i don't even know what the differences between uk and england if i'm to be quite honest i think england might be proper and uk involves scotland or ireland or something i don't know i don't know and you know what i don't care i don't care at all so alex mcq i have no idea what you said i have no idea where that is is that where we had the game i don't know you know why because i'm american you know more of my cities than I know of yours. I guarantee it. You know more states. I don't even know if you have states. I don't know what you have over there in England. In fact, I guess the Providences or something. I don't know. And I don't care. Because at the end of the day, you don't matter. Okay? You need us in World War I. You needed us in World War II. You're welcome. And then we're doing you the favor of bringing over proper football. An amazing game that you can enjoy. You can drink your little pints to. And you can watch some men battle it out on the old gridiron. You're welcome. But instead of a thank you, this is what I get. I get a person telling me that they don't care what goes on somewhere because it's something. It's some some town I've never heard of. Why? Because I'm America. I'm American. I'm American. It could literally be, if it's not in London, I don't know where it is. I don't know. I can't even, if you showed me a map of England and said point to where London, London is on the map, I think it's in the southern part. I think it is. I don't know. I don't know. Here's another one. Another one here. It says, nice of you to take a break from shooting up schools to come and visit us. That's common claim. English people like to claim the England, UK, whatever people like to claim that America is awfully and horribly violent because we have guns and they don't because, um, you know, they have to do things in their country, like ask permission from the government to own TVs. I'm not kidding about that. You have to get a TV license in UK and per TV you have, you have to pay a yearly fee to the government for a TV license to own that TV. That's who we're dealing with here. These people don't know what freedom is, okay? They wouldn't know freedom if it danced naked in front of them. They have the speech police over there. They don't have freedom of speech. If you misgender someone, you could find yourself brought up on charges over there in England, okay? They want to talk to me about freedoms and whatnot. Well, you guys have school shootings. Well, you know, you're right. We have guns and you don't. We're amazing because of that. Guns are awesome. They help you protect yourself and everything else. Is there downsides to all the citizens being armed? Yeah, I guess in the sense if you think that school shootings are simply because we own guns and that's your simplistic view. However, that's not what I think, but that's what this person clearly thinks. However, at least we're free. You know, at least that's a line between the tyrannical government coming in and taking everything from us. You know, at least our speech is free. And at least I don't have to have a license to watch TV. Well, y'all, that's what we have time for today on the Andrew Cooper show. Thank you all so, so much for joining me. Y'all have a great rest of your day. We'll be back here. uh, Hopefully tomorrow at one o'clock. Have a good rest of your day.